the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Daddy Herman, and welcome to Ion Real Estate. Are you wondering, is this banking crisis over, or is it still going to affect us? Are rates going up? Should you buy now before they go up more, or are they going down? What are Second Homes doing? I'm here with Stephen Ebert, our legal expert, and we're both here to tell you everything you want to hear about real estate, and then some. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Doing great, Dottie. And, and, you know, you really hit on so many topics that are going to be top of mind for people, and we see it all over the news. The question is, what do we tackle first? Because there's really so much out there. Well, there's so much going on. I was at a real estate conference yesterday, a real estate expo. I was at City Field. There was tons of people there. And I, you know, I was just listening to, I mean, I, I did speak, but I was listening to a lot of different speakers. And it seems like a lot of people had concerns with, A, interest rates. They feel that they're very high. And I, being bought a house with it were 15%, say, wait a second, I don't think they're that high. I think they're kind of average. I don't know about you, but they're comparing them to 3%. Do your clients do that? Well, absolutely. You know, it comes up, it's about expectations, right? When people see a certain number and then all of a sudden that number changes, then all, then all of a sudden they think, wow, it's going too high, you know, or too sideways. But let's put some context on this. I agree with you completely that compared to historical average, rates are still very, very attractive. And there's still a lot of room to negotiate and talk with banks. And I think this is also an opportunity, Dottie. Because when people buy a home, they look at it not only as a place to live, but as an investment. And if rates are higher, maybe there's some room to negotiate to buy. And hopefully with some trends, which we'll talk about, if rates go down, let's say a little bit into the future, the opportunity to refinance and to end up with a better deal. So if you're willing to maybe take a little risk and a little bit of pain, you might be able to negotiate a better price now and then refinance into a better payment to follow. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, except I don't agree with the pain since I paid 15%. So when people say, oh, my God, the interest rates, there, what are they? They're a little bit over 6 now, if I'm not mistaken, Steve. And they're like, but they're so high. And I'm like, what? The average historical interest rate is 7.5%. So they're below the average historical interest rate. Okay, and there's no perfect time. You can't time the real estate market perfectly. And to your point, 
You couldn't negotiate. You didn't have all cash. There was 15 offers. You couldn't negotiate. Like, you were just lucky if you got picked. If you, if, you can at least negotiate now. I'm not saying you can steal anything, but you can talk to the seller. What are you hearing? Well, absolutely. First off, be creative, right? Just because somebody lists a number, lists a price, says something, take that information and distill it. Right, there are a lot of tricks that are out there. One of the tricks that you know of is instead of maybe negotiating on the price, negotiate and have the seller help buy down the rate. That's one classic technique that's out there, and it's a win-win because what I always tell my buyers, it's not just about the purchase price. Sure, that's one element, but the real element is what is the monthly payment that you're living with? And we're seeing room of creativity. Sometimes sellers go towards some closing costs. I've seen sellers prepay taxes or homeowners association fees for six months or a year. And it's all about having a good team that can read between the lines and see what's motivating the parties. And that's how you negotiate. I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. And as far as the owner, the owner, instead of like coming up with a price reduction, they can pay some of the points because today, let's face it, people can have great incomes, but it's hard to save up that money. It is really tough. And I'll tell you, Dottie, one other thing that we have on a transaction right now, we have a lovely property in the New York suburbs, very high-end property, but the area around the pool needs some work. So what we're doing as part of the deal is that the seller who is thinking about redoing the pool area agree to coordinate with the buyer, pick the theme, pick the materials within a certain budget that the buyer wanted, so that way the seller would get their price, but the buyer could effectively finance that improvement instead of paying the closing costs, paying the acquisition, and then after closing having to pay for that whole renovation. And it's going to be done sooner, and they can enjoy it this summer and have that season. So it's all about finding those motivating factors. You know, Steve, I think you said it, be creative. I mean, everyone kind of thinks it's kind of clear cut. But when you're negotiating, the worst that can happen is someone says no. But you don't want to insult the seller either, and you don't want to close them down. So what I tell buyers is when you're going to negotiate, start off with the best, the, the, the pluses first. Like if if you're going to offer, let's say the house is seven fifty, and you're going to offer six ninety five, don't start out with that because you might close down the seller right away. Start out with the pluses. Hopefully, you have a good broker who knows that seller and knows, as you said, Stephen, what's important to them. Uh, and sometimes the seller is like instead of reducing a price, if you pay some points for somebody on the mortgage. It's hard to save up cash. So I think that's a good thing. I think that you really have to be creative and be open. And, of course, I tell sellers, because I hear them do this, they say. And I'm telling the listing broker, do not even come to me with an offer that's anything less than this number. And I say never do that. Don't you know clients that love to just have to negotiate? Well, you know, I always tell clients, I say, look, hear me out. I go, I'll do this on my time, but hear what I'm about to say and think about it. 
And I said, even if this isn't the right deal, even if these aren't the right terms, maybe it will turn on that proverbial light bulb and say, you know what? Maybe it's still not the right deal, but now I have other interesting ideas that may make the next deal more palatable. But you know what? When you visit a property, if you're a buyer, there are a lot of clues. Does the place look like it's packed up? Does it look like it's lived in? You know what? Open the refrigerator. You might say that sounds crazy. But find out what's going on. If it's an empty refrigerator, they're not living there. That may mean they bought another place and they're under pressure to close quickly. And maybe what you can offer them is better terms, right? This is the classic, classic theory. You know, if you can't offer, you know, more on the price, say, I'll close faster. I'll do this for you. Don't worry about maintaining this or fixing that. I'm going to be easy because you never exactly know what's going on uh, with that person. You know, you're absolutely right. It makes me think about when I bought one of my house, one of my first houses, and I, the 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 woman, it just came out. And usually, when something just comes out, they're not as likely to drop their price that quickly because they feel, oh well, it's just one day. Instead of saying, hey, what a great job this broker did for me, I just got a deal the first day. So knowing that. But this particular woman said to me, my husband has relocated. He had to go. She had young children. And to her, the most important thing was what you just said, that somebody move in right away so that she could be with her husband. And, her, and so, so I, you know, I didn't steal it. I didn't take a million. But she took my offer because I was willing and capable to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, other things that tricks that I look for is look around the kids' rooms. Do you see a college diploma or a high school diploma and say, well, wait a minute. The last kid graduated four years ago, and now we're in May, and maybe now that they're finishing up from college, maybe they're time to move on. They want to move quickly. Look at the seasons. Maybe all of a sudden winter's coming, and they don't want to deal with the snow or plowing. You know, you pick the thing. There's so many different clues that are out there, and never cut off the conversation. If somebody is willing and interested to talk you, talk to you, keep on that conversation. You never know what they're going to reveal. And also, people like doing business with people that they can talk to and have a relationship with. I couldn't agree. It's worth something and even more in residential real estate because people feel an attachment to their home and they want to pass that good karma forward. Yeah, you know, Stephen, it's funny you should say that. I've had so many in my career sellers. Now, when I say took less, I'm not talking about millions. You know, it took maybe a, a couple of thousand dollars less from a buyer because they saw that buyer with their children and they thought of themselves when they were young. And they said, oh, I want this family to have this house so they can enjoy it like we did. So... It never hurts to have that relationship. But again, we tell the sellers when we do an open house not to be around because buyers are less likely to to put their objections forth sometimes if the sellers are around. Yeah, and you know, you got to be very careful. You know, if particularly now, this is more of a suburban problem than an urban one when you're looking at condos. But if you're outside, you look at the house and you say, wow, that's exciting, but... 
don't look too excited because you don't want the other side to know. And then all of a sudden you walk outside and you think they're out of earshot. Be careful. A lot of people have cameras like Ring, and maybe they actually hear your conversation when you walk out. Yeah, but I think that it's important if they have objections that they tell the broker because a lot of times the broker can overcome that. If they really hate your house, they hate your house. If they don't really like it, they're not going to buy it. I don't care how great the broker is. So that, But if they've come into the house, they've seen it, they've drove by, at least they like the area, they know where it is, and they will go for the location, um, then at least 50% of the house is sold. All right. And in today's environment, listen, okay, rents are not cheap. I mean, maybe in some parts of the country. I mean, your firm now is all over the country, so I'm sure there are some areas where rents are cheap. But I don't know of any, but maybe you do. Well, as I like to say, there are no steals. There might be a deal here and there, but no steals. And, you know, you got to look at the market, and everything is priced for a reason, right? It's linked to what are the job opportunities, the schools, the academic environment, um, transportation. So everything is really priced for a reason. Yeah, it's funny you say that. You know, I grew up on Long Island, so when I came to run Douglas Elliman, I... You know, I was in the city for to go to clubs and to go out, but I never lived there. So I didn't realize how important it was if you were close to a subway or close to public transportation. Because in the suburbs, if you don't have a car, you're dead. Okay? I mean, it's hard to get anywhere without a car. So then I, you know, and then when they, you know, but I, so I realized quickly, hey, that being close to transportation makes a difference since a lot of the people are commuters. Absolutely. you got to find out what drives the local market. Real estate is the most local thing. And you can't even say New York City, right? Manhattan versus Queens. Upper East Side versus Tribeca, right? It's so all these sub-neighborhoods that are there that, that, that matter. And that really drives it. And you know, Daddy, we're seeing that in the contracts. It's fascinating to see in this market If you average the statistics, you're coming to the wrong conclusion. I am seeing some properties with bidding wars, and I'm seeing some where they sit. And I don't think there's a rhyme or reason yet. It's not just, oh, certain price points or property types. It's more than just neighborhood. And it's very interesting, and I think an environment like this is what I like to call a broker's market. Right? You have three kinds of market. A buyer's market, a seller's market and what I call a broker's market. And what I mean by a broker's market is when you have access to the right kind of information and ability to strategically negotiate, that's what I'm seeing winning the deals right now. I couldn't agree with you more, but I've just learned something new. So I've heard of a buyer's market, I've heard of a seller's market, and now, what was that market now? I call a broker's market. A broker's market. Okay, so now I'm going to use that. Okay, so I guess we're in a broker's market. But I tell people it's work. It's work to sell your house because you have to keep it clean and neat and tidy every second. And you have to be on call every second. It's a pain in the neck. Okay, but it's also work to be a buyer because, as I say every week, when that broker calls you up and tells you, I have a house that just came on the market. 
you need to be there and say it right away, okay? And you need to have talked to, you have your attorney picked out and make sure that you have a real estate attorney and that you know, okay? And I say this with Steve in the room, I watched deals fall apart because not that attorney, that they used some attorney that was their son-in-law, that he probably was good at what he did if he was a divorce attorney, but he really wasn't in sort of real estate, or some of them that waited so long to write the contract for the buyer. Like, you need to call the attorney and uh, and, and speak to the attorney and, and have that conversation, and if you're the buyer, you need to say, if I do get an offer, you know, how quickly will you... Can, Will you write the contract up for me? I mean, you know, and I think part of what you're saying also is like the team, you put together that team, they all work, okay? And they're all, if they work together well, okay, it, it's that much more efficient. And one of the other key things in having your team functioning well is making sure the team members understand the roles and process for the other team members. Mm -hmm. And this is where I find sometimes people who are really good, you could have a good attorney, a good broker, a good mortgage lender, but then what really takes it from good to great is they say, well, wait a minute. I understand that they need time to do their job. Here's when they're acting appropriately and here's not. And that's really, really important because I could write a great contract but if I write a contract that says the bank will be ready to close in one week, that's not realistic. No. So I need to understand the bank's process. I then need to circle back and go back to my client and say, how do they fit in with it? Um, so that's very, very important. All of a sudden you have a holiday. People go on vacation. They might sort of reevaluate things. You definitely want to make sure that they're committed to that transaction beforehand. And have a realistic sense of the banks. We all know the news. The last couple of months have been really unprecedented with all the different banks and the activity that's going on with them and the concerns. And I know we're going to talk more about it after the break, but I don't think we're 100% out of it yet. So it's not just a matter of getting that pre-approval or getting to the commitment letter. You got to know who your partners are on the deal and finding out what's going on with the bank and being very particular and clear on it to make sure that everything comes together. But you know what, Dottie? When all these pieces are planned and put together, it's really like a great concert and they really all come together quickly. And I know we're coming up to a break, but right after the break, we can talk about some of the obstacles with banks going on. And also, we still need to talk about what's happening in the second home market. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Are you planning an event or celebration? While there are many options for catering, there's no one else that does it like DR Catering. With your dream in their hands, DR Catering can provide event decorations, entertainment options, and equipment rentals. From your menu to your decor, DR Catering takes your concept and makes it a reality, ensuring your guests leave feeling happy and satisfied. Led by a master chef from the prestigious Culinary Institute of America, it's a no-brainer people trust DR 
DR with their special events. From weddings, birthdays, and anniversaries to corporate events, holiday parties, and graduations, and everything you can imagine in between. So call 201-673-7380 to inquire or email drizzo at drcatering.com. Again, that's 201-673-7380 or email drizzo at drcatering.com. DR Catering, more than just caterers. 201-673-7380. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date. And I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. What does the perfect wedding entail? Just you, the love of your life, your guests, and the iconic New York City skyline. Sound too good to be true? Well, guess what? It's not. You can say, I do, with gorgeous views of the New York City skyline in the distance on board the Atlantis yacht of New York Cruises. New York Cruises is the premier unique wedding venue. They have a dedicated staff of experienced hospitality professionals who can provide you with wedding, cruise, event planning services every step of the way. Your guests will be wined and dined on the main deck, sky deck, and lounge deck with 360-degree views of the Manhattan skyline. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagements, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231. That's 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or just visit NewYorkCruises.com. Listen to AM970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. You know, Stephen, according to Money Magazine, now is the time to purchase if you're considering a second or vacation home. The second home market has been a little bit slower to start than normal, okay? Uh, but again, I have like... 
I can't speak for all the markets in the United States, but I do have a home in the Hamptons, so I don't I do and I had offices there. So I know that market like the back of my head. And I will tell you that sometimes the season starts early and it's right after the holidays, like New Year's, or people are calling to rent. And other times people say, you know what? I'll wait. I'll kind of wait because the season usually starts Memorial Day. Uh, I'll kind of wait till close to Memorial Day. If someone didn't rent by then, maybe they'll be more flexible. You know, you always have your bargain hunters, and I think that's true. But, you know, Dottie, I think I'm a little pessimistic on the Hamptons market for this season at least. I think you look at the stock market, people haven't felt comfortable with what's going on. You're looking at bonuses in the financial services sector. I don't think they've been that great. You've had some layoffs in the in the technology area. So all of a sudden, do people feel that they have that high level of disposable income for a luxury good? And, and being in the Hamptons, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's a little crowded. Um, but it's a luxury good. And when people are maybe tightening their belts a little bit, the cost of things are higher with inflation – I personally feel that's going to be one of the first places we're going to see a little bit of a retreat. And and to be honest, it's not a bad thing either. We've had it's had a great run and a great run up during COVID. And you know, some of the people who were there got priced out. Sometimes I feel to keep the charm and the vibe of an area, sometimes you need to have a season to take a step back. And the other thing which could be interesting and this does tie in, and I agree with you, not all second-home markets are going to be the same. People are flying again. People are driving more. Well, that's true. And so they're not as likely. Well, well, I have to say, yes, I agree with you. So they might go to Europe instead of the Hamptons for a month, okay, instead of taking a two-month rental. Maybe they'll just take a month because they want to go to Europe because they are traveling again. But on the other hand, it, I see that because during COVID, people were, you know, on lockdown and they got used to using Zoom, although, of course, it doesn't replace that personal, you know, that personal piece that you get when you're in the office with your colleagues. Okay. I think that people that got used to working more at home, and I know the city is really putting a push on getting people back to work five days a week. But I don't, in my opinion, again, this is my opinion, I don't see that happening, okay? I see that people will go back to work, but they'll want at least an extra day that they can work from home. If you can work from home longer, you can have a second home a lot easier than if you have to be in that office every day because you don't have time to enjoy it. But if you have a second home now, and let's say you're able to work from home two days a week or three, then you can have a much longer weekend. And you might so you might, you know, say, hey, you know what, now it really makes sense for me. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, you know, I, I think of it as, you know, and it's interesting, I had a conversation with a friend, uh, you know, recently, and she's in the commercial mortgage finance here. She's got three kids. And she says, love my kids, love my family, love my office. Love's going in five days a week. I think it's such a personal decision. And I think what's fascinating about it is you're looking at landlords 
you're looking at firms figuring out what's the right balance. And I think this is where offices are changing, right? People are looking for different kind of experiences. And I think we're in an interesting inflection point in homes, in shopping centers, and in offices where the lines are blurring a little bit, right? You know, growing up, you went to the mall, you had your national retail stores, you had the same food items in the food court, but you went there to shop. You went there to hang out with your friends too, but you went there to shop. Now, all of a sudden, they have entertainment. They have an amusement park, a virtual reality. The same trend I'm starting to see in the offices where it's not just about a desk and a screen, but it's giving a sense of purpose. And what I'm seeing is how offices are being configured or different where you're having more interaction opportunities. So I personally think we're sort of at the lower point of the post-COVID office occupancy, but I think it's going to go up um, for a variety of reasons. And as part of that, you know, people are going to put more time in. I think there's a lot of economic pressures on the second market. And, you know, it, it's still going to do just fine. But I think, you know, people are just doing that little bit of that belt tightening that will have a little bit of an impact on the market. Well, I know someone who just paid $20,000 for a room in a house that, to be honest, really is just just not a nice house and not so clean. Okay, so I still see a demand. I don't think there's a lot of inventory. I think it's slower. And I think I'll let you know if it's really a slower Hampton season, a slower second market, a little bit later in the month because we're early May now. So we'll see how the last minute people go. Um, but I, I, I do know that transaction-wise, for the whole market, in the area that I am most familiar with, um, now we're not talking Florida, uh, even though I've been there, I, I think that this year there's such controversy, there's such, such so many different things going on, okay, that people kind of took a stop and, and, you know, took a pause. And, but like I said last week, the average rent, in New, the rents in New York City are $4,000. And they say, well, everybody's leaving New York City. Well, I said, well, somebody is not because landlords couldn't get the highest rents in the United States if nobody wanted to be there. I think it goes back to the theme I said before, we're in a broker's market. To your friend who paid $20,000 for shall we say that property, I'll call it suboptimal. <laughs> okay, that's, that's polite. Um, somebody saw value there, and there was a broker who positioned that property and made a deal. And I think the same thing is going on. I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't want to say it's a twilight zone. I know last week we called it a tale, you know, of two cities, two stories. Um, but it's interesting, right? You have two trends, Right. The, the the occupancy is high, the rents are high, but also the statewide population has gone down a little bit, right? These two trends are completely opposite trends, yet they're all happening at the same time, you know. And that's why real estate is not just local; 
It's really hyper-local. It's by geography, by product type. You need to have it. It's like, wait a minute, not just that neighborhood. In that neighborhood, you need a two-bedroom. In that other neighborhood, you need a one-bedroom. And over there, you need a five-bedroom. It is very, very customized and specific. And if you have that right understanding, you can really provide value for your clients. Well, Steve, that would tell you something. Of course, this bank didn't work for me. However, I tell people the best bank to work with is the bank of mom and dad. Did you ever hear of that bank, the bank of mom and dad? Well, they give great rates, better than anyone you'll know. Anyway, this will be the biggest transfer of wealth in history when the baby boomers start dying off. And I'm a baby boomer, so I don't really want to die off so soon. Oh, But the baby boomers were the last generation that worked day and night. They didn't understand, you know, they didn't, like they worked, like I remember being at the the, the club sometimes in my, they would they would call them golf widows because their husbands worked all week and then played golf on Sundays. The girls now are like, no way am I being a golf widow. Okay, I think that the generation now wants quality time, family time. They want time for themselves. I know that in my generation, most of us worked day and night, hours and hours and hours, and did whatever we had to do. And you could, and I think the trends are different now. Although and, I don't think that memo made it to law firms. <laughs> well, okay. But it will be the baby boomers saved up money and their children, it will be the biggest transfer of wealth so, in, that we've had. And it leads to an interesting thought because are the baby boomers effectively buying the property twice? When they bought it themselves, it appreciated and they're using that appreciation to give to the next generation to buy. Good point. I got You got me on that one. That's a good point. We'll be right back and we'll uh, come up with that answer. Are you planning an event or celebration? While there are many options for catering, there's no one else that does it like DR Catering. With your dream in their hands, DR Catering can provide event decorations, entertainment options, and equipment rentals. From your menu to your decor, DR Catering takes your concept and makes it a reality, ensuring your guests leave feeling happy and satisfied. Led by a master chef from the prestigious Culinary Institute of America, it's a no-brainer. People trust DR with their special events from weddings, birthdays, and anniversaries to corporate events, holiday parties, graduations, and everything in between. 201-673-7380 to inquire or email Dominic at drizzo at drcatering.com. 201-673-7380 or email drizzo at drcatering.com. DR Catering, more than just caterers. 201-673-7380. Ergotelus LLC in New York, New York seeks a quantitative strategist to apply mathematical and statistical techniques to create quantitative and computer-based financial models, developing proprietary trading strategies, and independently architect and implement analytical and technical solutions for increased automation and efficiency. Researching analytical and operational data infrastructure for medium and high-frequency proprietary equities trading strategies. Minimum requirements include
include a master's degree in computational science, math, finance, or a closely related quantitative field. Also, four years of experience as a quantitative analyst or researcher for a financial institution implementing strategies and tools. Your experience must include using statistical tools to analyze and model profit and loss of securitized products, CMBS, RMBS, and ABS, using Python and R, and developing and improving backtest platforms for risk models and developing systematic investment strategies across different asset classes, including equities and credit. The salary ranges between $80,246 to $200,000 per year. CVs must be sent to jobs2023 at ergotelescapital.com, reference number QS23001. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a remarkable travel opportunity that will change your life forever. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to the Holy Land, Israel, this October. It's the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We'll take you to key sites in the Holy Land, thoughtfully designed to give you unprecedented access to a region you've likely only read about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and get all the details. We'll uncover important geopolitical locations and show you Israel's significance on the world stage, past, present, and future. Step foot on the ancient streets of Jerusalem. We'll sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and so much more. We'll have guides for our group, lavish food, and luxurious accommodations. No other trip will be like this one. Come with Dennis and me this October. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or go to StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com. Take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Skelson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at EagleFinancialCruise.com. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Want more AM970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM970 Fan Club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. So, Steve, what do you mean by the baby boomers are buying twice? Well, you know, Dottie, it's an interesting trend. You know, the baby boomers, when they bought, they bought at a time period where prices were significantly lower, even when factoring in inflation. Now, granted, mortgage rates were higher, but they saw the opportunity for properties to appreciate, to change, to grow, and then ride the nice roller coaster, not the crazy roller coaster, as those rates went down, down, down. So they have made a tremendous amount of appreciation. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the topic of how does that first-time buyer get it together, right? When properties cost so much and closing costs, and mansion tax, and mortgage tax, and the rent is high too, how do they save enough money to put down that down payment? The bank of mom and dad. (laughs) Although they have a different kind of tough underwriting. (laughs) Uh, And then also, and, and, and be able to afford that. And if bank of mom and dad is financing it, we're asking a very interesting question. The prices went to a certain level, 
And again, we're talking averages. Of course, in every generation you have super wealthy, but not everyone has a dot-com and started Facebook either. Um, and if they're getting that wealth transfer from mom and dad, what's effectively subsidizing the market is that the prior generation is using the money that they made in a, in a stock market that went up and a real estate market that went up even more than the stock mm-hmm. market. And they're taking those funds to subsidize and have their next generation buy those properties. So it's a really interesting trend, Dottie, where we're having either co-purchasing, we're having financing, whether it's bank of mom and dad directly, or whether they're giving a gift, or whether they're guaranteeing a mortgage from a bank, or a combination of the above. And it's important to see how that impacts the market and pricing and where does it go from here? Because the question that I have for a very long term is, is the next generation going to get that appreciation to subsidize and their kids and what's going to happen in the future? Well, obviously, no one has a crystal ball, all right? But if I were to look at homes across the last 30 years, when I would say, oh, well, this home I should have bought, and sometimes I didn't. But I would, you would look at prices. You would never believe the prices would go to what they are now. And then when we had the crisis, was it 2008, okay, yep. where people were going to the banks, getting their money out. They thought the banks would collapse, like, which I think maybe they're a little worried about again, which we could talk about. Um, I... The only people that lost money on their homes were people that bought at the height of the market and had to sell, and had to sell like a year later when the market dropped. And I'm going to tell you something a lot of people don't realize that's very interesting. A lot of people that I saw have to sell their houses or give them away or lost their homes took equity loans because those equity loans became, to some people, abused. And when I say abused, I mean, if you're taking an equity loan out, maybe to send your child to college. But a lot of people drew all the equity, a lot of equity out of the house. And when we had a a bad market and maybe somebody lost their job or they had to sell, had they not taken so much equity out, they would have been okay. Okay, so... You know, maybe you talk to clients about that, but I think that's really an individual thing that when you pull equity out, you have to look at, okay, are you good or, you know, or do you expect anything to happen or some sudden expense that you might, you know, need to sell? Absolutely. You know, Dottie, I remember going back and I remember 2008, but what I remember is even before 2008 when you had banks with all different kind of products. And they created some very specialty, interesting products that for the 1% to 2% of the market that they were designed for worked very well. But then what happened was somebody said, wait, it's working very well for that 1%, 2% of the market. Let's now sell it to the entire market. And Dottie, I don't know if you remember these, they had a loan that was called Pick-A-Pay. Not pick a lottery ticket. <laughs> Pick a pay. Now, can you imagine something? You go to a restaurant, 
and you go and order a meal and they say, pick a price. Right? I like that. <laughs> I would like that very much, actually. But how long is the restaurant going to stay in business? I don't think too long. <laughs> and they literally had somebody's bank would say each month, pick which one of the four numbers you want to pay each month. You can pick to pay it faster, to pay it off slower. You can pay only the interest. And they even had something called a negative amortization. I remember them. I even remember them. And you know how, Dottie, if you pay the minimum payment on your credit card, you can pay off that credit card bill in like seven years and pay a ridiculous amount of interest? Well, imagine if they had an option where you pay even below the minimum so that you owe more the next month. They yes. even had that. They they did, and um, I came into the business at the time when they had all those different kinds of mortgages, and but I and again, well they had stated mortgages and stated income, and I remember when I bought my house in the Hamptons, they said, "Do you you want that house?" And I said, "Yeah, but I I don't really think I qualify." They said, "Well, if you want it, it's yours." Okay, and then they had stated income where you can, as long as your credit was good, that's why it's always important to have good credit, you could make up any number. You could say, oh, I make $5 million, and they didn't check. They just made sure the credit was good. So I I remember those loans, so they were the no income, no asset. Right. So they nicknamed them ninja loans. No income, and then they said, no job and no asset. (laughs) (laughs) You're some shadowy figure. Well, there's somebody here. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the paperwork. But we're going to do a little ninja magic, and you can all of a sudden have a home. Poof. But the question is, and I tell this to every client, there's two parts to every real estate deal. And getting to closing is the easier part. The second part is actually keeping the property. That's That's so true. That's so true. And you know what? I'm laughing. Because really, Steve, when you start to think back at those loans, okay, they were a little bit crazy. I mean, I guess somebody was creative, okay? And again, sometimes they did work for certain people. I know negative AM works, those really, at the end of the day, if you didn't have to take them, you shouldn't. But I guess for certain people, if they could not buy a home any other way and they were able to maybe in a couple of years get out of that, it worked. So I think the point that we're really saying is that in real estate, one size doesn't fit all. You should take the time to find a good mortgage broker and sit and learn the different types of loans that you have, that they're out there because there are. And in my opinion, I was brought up to take a 30-year fix because that's what my dad took or they took a VA mortgage. He was a veteran or they... but. Today, how many people even live in a house 30 years? Not many. How many even live there for 10? Yeah, so those are some of the things that you should consider. Again, gee, do I want to pay extra to be in a house for 30 years because that's the only kind of mortgage they had 20 years ago? Um, or do maybe maybe an adjustable is better? It's a little cheaper. Uh, and, you know, and it depends. I had a man call in the show once, and I'll never forget it. He said to me, I have a best friend. We both bought houses. He said, Dottie, I stayed in my means. I didn't buy above what I could afford. 
I we were both young. We both had wives. We were both planned to have families. So I thought, you know, we're gonna. I'm gonna lose an income. You know. Uh, so I was very conservative. He, on the other hand, didn't think about that his wife was probably going to have a family and she lose the income. And he didn't want to be, and he bought a much better house. Well, it ended up that, of course, he couldn't pay it. So his wife did have children, and they couldn't, she didn't work. But the bank, he went to foreclosure, but the bank then... They didn't really want the house back. No bank really wants their house back. So he was able to renegotiate money off his mortgage and keep his house. And and the guy said, so I have the little house and I paid my bills. I did everything right. This guy didn't. And he had the bigger house. And they reduced his, his mortgage to the point that he paid what the guy paid for his little house. Like he had a big house. So sometimes things really don't always work out fairly either. No, they don't. And, and I'll tell you, you know, that's that's what we call the moral hazard that's out there. And, and you really got to navigate it. And, and look, sometimes you get lucky a good way. You buy in the right area and things go up. And sometimes, you know, you, you truly turn lemon into lemonades. But I want to point out something because I know one of the things we're also we're talking about was the second home. And you got to be very careful when a bank restructures your loan and if they write down some of the principal that you owe. Now you might say, well, wait a minute. The bank is telling me I only have to pay them back less. How can that be a bad thing? I want to point out something that most people are not aware of and it's called cancellation of indebtedness income. And only lawyers and accountants and the IRS could come up with such a creative label. Cancellation of indebtedness income. If you think about it for a second, do you pay income tax on your salary? Yeah. Yes. Right? Every April, if you pay on time. But do you pay income tax when you get a mortgage? The answer is no. No, no. And the reason is because even though the bank gave you a dollar, you owe the dollar. You got to pay it back. It's a debt. It's a debt. So they cancel each other out. You have a dollar of money given to you but you owe the dollar back. But what happens when you don't have to owe the dollar back? You still got the dollar. And what the IRS is concerned about, because, Dottie, I could have just ruined the entire weekend for the IRS by saying, wait a minute, don't pay a salary, right? Imagine if we didn't have this law. I could say, don't pay me any salary, but just give me a loan instead. And then a year now, I can't pay it back, so just forgive the debt. If employers paid their employees that way and there was no cancellation of indebtedness income, I just solved how to not pay income tax. But ladies and gentlemen, don't smile. (laughs) You still got to pay because there's cancellation of indebtedness income. And if you have a debt that's canceled, for the bank to take the write-off and get the deduction... Because if they're not going to get the money, they sure want to offset the income tax that they're, the corporate tax that they're paying. They issue you, the borrower, a 1099, which says, here's the amount of the loan that we canceled and we wrote off. And there's a special exception in the code if it's your primary residence. But if it's a second home or investment property, now you got to report that and pay income tax on it. So are you saying, Steve, that 
if it's a primary residence, no, so be it. It's okay. But if it's a second home, it's almost like income. Like in other words, if we if we reduced your payment because you couldn't pay, then is that like income to you? Is that kind of how you're looking at it? It is. It's not like it is. And but here's the difference: it's taxed the same way as if you had a salary or a commission, but yet you don't have that actual money in your pocket. So it's a very, very careful tightrope that you have to navigate. If you're under financial pressure and you have investment properties or vacation homes and you restructure the debt with the bank, you want to make sure you have a lawyer and a tax professional working with you side by side because the break that you thought you got on paying that debt back could get you next year. And instead of owing the bank, you owe the IRS. Good point, Steve. That's why you need someone like Steve when you do a transaction in real estate. We'll be right back. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 